Welcome back to Swim the Podcast. I'm your host, Anika Simone, and this is episode seven, Cakes on the Menu. Before we even get into the episode, let me just say, I know I was gone for a while, y'all, but I didn't realize I was gone for that long. Last time I spoke, I was preparing for the Swim Meet Brunch and Self-Care Retreat, and let me tell y'all, it was very much a success. I exceeded my own expectations, which is not easy to do. So now that I know I'm capable of doing something like that, the next one is tentatively scheduled for the weekend of April 21st, 2023. An official Save the Date flyer will be released soon. Stay on the lookout. If you have not already, make sure you view the footage from this year's event. It's posted to my YouTube channels. I'll leave the link in the description box. In that video, you'll actually see me point out a 20-page workbook that I produced for the event. It was just, you know, printed paper at the time. But my good friend Shayna suggested that I make it available to the public, and that's exactly what I did. So 80 pages later, on June 22nd, I published the official paperback version. And you can find the Sink or Swim self-care workbook and journal in my online store or right on Amazon. The first half is a compilation of exercises I've used and continue to use to help facilitate my personal healing and growth. The latter is space for journaling and integration. The topics range from intention and gratitude to shadow work and goal setting. Okay, so one more quick announcement. I just wanted to be known that it is the most wonderful time of the year, cancer season. Shout out to all the cancers out there. My solar return is coming up on the 21st of this month. If you want to celebrate with me or send me well wishes via Cash App, PayPal, by shopping with me on my store, a date night, whatever, let me know. I love to be somewhere with palm trees and warm breeze getting fed grapes and cheese, but I'm single right now. Real bad. So, what's up, baby? Take me out to dinner. <laughs> I might not talk to you after the third week, but we'll have fun. And I'm dead ass, y'all. These men do not be making it past three weeks with me. And it's not that I'm hard to deal with. I just think I have a strong personality and a strong ability to read people. So, any inkling of indication that there's some bullshit on the way, I'm out. And I don't know about y'all, but in my friend group, I'm definitely the single friend that gives relationship advice. I mean, it's practically my job to an extent. And then the majority of my clients be coming to me for love reading. So I get asked all the time, like, you know, if I deal with romantic situations differently because I have psychic abilities. And my short answer is not always. You got to keep in mind that I was not always this person with this mindset that I have today. Okay. I have come a long way. And, um, yeah, it's a few key relationships that kind of brought me to carry my dating life the way that I do now well shit I can't even really call it a dating life I like to sum it up as a series of 21 day subscriptions like it started as an inside joke between me and my sisters about how I never keep men around longer than three weeks but it's like I'm so easily turned off and they say I'd rather give up than fight to keep it alive but I can agree with that to a certain extent and I said it because I feel like I shouldn't have to fight to keep any relationship alive at the same time, I will work things out to no end if I feel like I can handle the assignment. I just don't want my effort to feel like work. Does that make me lazy? Now, if I meet someone and, you know, I like what they have going on, but it's the very essence of who they are that I don't like, the things that make them them, no, no, I'm not staying around. For what? Like, I'm not expecting my partner to arrive in perfect condition, but there are some conditions that I do not have to subject myself to, and I won't. And then you got the ones that come my way on the bullshit, just testing my growth. You know, the ones that sort of send to you just to be like, look, let me see if you've been doing your homework. And then I'm like, mm, I spent too much time trying to heal from all the connections I stayed in for too long to begin with. 
to let somebody play in my face. So I'll be like, nine times out of ten, don't be making it past 21 days, y'all. I mean, I had a couple that have lasted a little longer, but they either married now or dead, I guess. Whatever. Shit, that sounded kind of bad after I said it. Anyway, it's out there now. In this season of my life, cake is definitely on the menu. Meaning I'm currently single and not dating anyone exclusively. That's not to say I won't. It's just going to take a very special someone at this point in my life. I agree with the statement of you're single till you're married. So placing a title on a connection doesn't really change a thing for me unless it's done legally. That's not to discredit any committed relationship. But when you see check boxes in regards to relationship status, what are they usually? Single, married, divorced, or widowed, right? We can be friends, though. You know, go on a couple dates, take a little trip, spend a little time. But for me personally, I'm not making no long-term plans with some short-term energy. I'm not pressed no more about being single because if I've learned anything at all, I've learned enough to know that I can have whatever it is I desire from someone without placing a label on it. You can call me your girlfriend, wife, whatever. It's not going to change a thing about how I feel. You know, it's not changing nothing about the substance of the relationship. If I feel a way about you, that's how I'm going to feel regardless. And if a title can change how I feel about you, then maybe it's not you, the person I was after, but the resources that came with you. And it took a very long time for me to get to this point of understanding because I always felt like placing a title on a relationship gave it some status. When in reality, all relationships are relationships. They just have different boundaries. So honestly, unless it's coming with a ring and the resources, I'm not interested in committing, okay? I used to think it was just solely because I got bored easily, but after internalizing my patterns, I understand my behavior a little better. And believe me, it was not an overnight conclusion. But when I did come to it, it was much like anything else. I realized that a lot of my issues with former long-lasting relationships stem from childhood. Like, I mean, I had both of my parents in my house my entire life, but it was not always peaches and cream. My uh, parents were seven years apart when they met. My mom was 15. My dad was 22. My dad was a top-notch provider. And my mom, you know, she was pretty submissive to a degree. They argued a lot, but things, you know, never really got physical. It was just chaotic. A lot. Um, there was never a doubt in my mind that my parents loved each other, but I could never really wrap my mind around how they could pit up with each other's shit. I always told myself when I got older, I would never end up in a relationship like that. What I did see, though, was a strong man that worked hard to take care of his family as his wife took care of him. And that's one thing that my mom made sure to remind us of, to find a man that can take care of you. Well, really, that's the only advice she verbally gave on choosing a partner. We saw the rest for ourselves, and I created the idea in my head that as long as someone wasn't physically abusing me, then we good. We talked about the birds and the bees, but only surface level, and then the delivery wasn't the best. Like, I can clearly remember my mom telling us that sex is probably one of the best feelings you'll ever feel, but you're not ready for it yet. Like, hold up, how are you going to tell me that as a preteen and expect me not to want to try it? It wasn't right away, but I started being sexually active at a young age. I didn't think much of it because most of my friends had already taken the leap. And besides, the euphoric feeling was just enough to mask all my impending trauma. So by the age of 15, I was traveling back and forth to North Carolina to see a guy that I met on a chat line. With permission from my mother, of course, but let that sink in. I was 15, being driven by my 17-year-old sister and my older cousins to a whole nother state to get some, you know. Let's just say my daughter will never... Not on my watch. To make a long story short, from 15 to 17, I was wild. <laughs> when I got pregnant at 17, even though we were young, my kid's dad, he went out of his way to make sure he could provide for us from day one. But we both had bigger, 
you know, internal issues that hindered us as a couple. So, you know, we tried to make it work on and off for some years, but instead of sticking it out, I ran like I wish my parents did. Well, we both ran far in the opposite direction of one another. And why I go do that? Because I ain't know the first thing about being a parent, let alone a single parent. Hell, I ain't even know a damn thing about myself or how to be alone. I went from being a child and a student to being a mother to being a single mother. And all I knew was that I was afraid to do it alone. So I was out here seeking potential stepdaddies. And the downside to that was that I didn't even know the type of man I wanted next to me. You know, honestly, I don't even think I cared. He just had to be a provider. I consider anything else as extras. From 2011 to 2013, I ran through all types of men, from bums to bag chasers, thinking I was going to find the one, honey. And I found some ones along the way, all right. But, baby, let me tell you, I was meeting my match. I was being lied to, betrayed, manipulated. I done gotten into and stayed in situations longer than I know I should have, all because I didn't want to be alone, especially with a child. Eventually, the baggage from chasing love became so heavy, I had no choice but to just sit down, you know. I was carrying some heavy energy, so... That was around the time of my initial spiritual awakening I told y'all about in episode four, pushing me to do some surface level healing. So summer 2014, I reconnected with a childhood friend. Let's just call him G. We got real close, real fast. We talked every day and our conversations, you know, they weren't really surface level. The physical attraction was there, but I was pregnant with my second child, but then so we remained friends. I know y'all like, dang, but it was with the same guy. I mean, not that it matters, but for the record. We found enough comfort in each other for a night to, you know, make yet another baby, but not enough uh, willpower to make it work. <laughs> so anyway, through my entire pregnancy, G was my emotional and mental support. And even afterwards, and I tried my best to return the favor, but my cup really wasn't that full. You know how it is after having a baby. I ain't really feel like myself no more. My confidence was low and I didn't know how to raise it on my own. So while we were still getting to know each other, I was still meeting new people for my ego's sake. And they had an nerve to be telling G about it, which made sense to me in my 23-year-old brain because if this man say we just friends, then that means I can mingle until he tell me he my man, right? Wrong. <laughs> like, I was already cooking for him. He was changing my oil, cleaning my car. You know, we shared our goals and dreams. We spent time together with my babies. You know, I'm talking too much. Um, but everything was perfect in my eyes, except, you know, he wouldn't call me his girlfriend so I felt like I had the resources without the commitment. And for me, that was a problem because I felt like it could be taken at any moment. In hindsight, I realized it was just abandonment issues because any emotionally mature person will understand that we were already in a relationship. But that's the thing. I was not emotionally mature as him. And none of those things or our feelings matter if we didn't have a title. Like, I thought I was going to marry this man. He talking about some we friends. So I come up with some stupid ultimatum in my head that I never told him about that if he didn't tell me we were in a relationship by Valentine's Day 2016, then I was going to be done. And he didn't, y'all. So of course, like the little girl inside of me always wanted to do, I ran. <laughs> and where did I think I was going? Because I ended up right back where I started with my damn self. And he ended up in a committed relationship. I couldn't believe I fumbled that bag, y'all. I mean, looking at who I am today, he fumbled a bag too. But I told y'all that to say this. Back then, I thought I bought the perfect menu to every table in every situation. I thought just because I had a good job, a nice car, and my own house that it made me some type of high-value woman. Not to say that it didn't, but let me tell you. Anything I had that was worth anything could be taken. My spirit wasn't really worth much. You know, I was really 
damaged, for lack of better words. It only seemed like I had so much to offer because I was literally willing to risk it all for anyone who would accept me and mine. Fast forward to October 2016, I'm on Instagram and I see a familiar face, so I hit him up, asked if he remembered me, and he did. So we were both studying um, lessons of 5% nation at the time, so we had a lot to talk about. And the fact that he was so damn fine didn't help at all. But anyway, let's call him Andrew. Andrew lived up top, so I didn't see him often, but we spoke almost every day. We had a lot of love for each other, but we knew there were too many forces at odds for us to ever try to be anything more than friends. He knew I was still healing from what I had been through with G, and I was aware of his circumstances as well, so we made the best of it. I could date whoever I wanted and talk about the experiences with Andrew, and I allowed him to do the same with me. I really had my cake and could eat it too. I learned so much about men from him. Shit, I even learned a lot about myself through conversation with him. Enough to finally know that I played a role in sabotaging my connection with G. I didn't act on it right away, but when I did, he was not receptive of anything I was saying, y'all. So a couple months later, he come around, you know, we being friendly and stuff. I never pushed the issue of me wanting more because, you know, I see you in a relationship. I'm not really with the competition thing. That's not what I do. So, you know, I kept it cordial. A couple months later, y'all, he was engaged and it was not to me. I was like, was that payback? Did I miss the opportunity? No, th that was payback. Did I miss the opportunity? No, that was payback. Pretty girls get played too, y'all. But we usually play people first. I be playing them first. But you know what? Let me not put that on the pretty girls. I can definitely only blame it on who I was at the time. And that's when the shadow work started. I cried for like four months. I learned that a lot of those actions that I would, you know... Sean was just fear of me repeating the type of relationship style that my parents had. I was so afraid of it that I attracted it. Like, one, because it was the only thing I knew. And then I really didn't feel like I deserved a good man because I knew how messed up I was on the inside. So can you imagine how stupid I really felt after knowing that I created those relationships? Like, I was really out here chasing men because I was afraid to be alone, but equally sabotaging relationships with good men because of my unhealed trauma. Make it make sense, y'all. I felt like just because I done been through some shit that I deserved the highest value man in the room to come and take care of me and save me and rescue me. When in reality, I wasn't even taking proper care of myself. I wasn't saving myself. I wasn't fixing myself. It was me who was betraying me, lying to me, hurting me by not even honoring my own feelings. That's when I finally started to believe the fact that we meet ourselves and other people. And that's not to say that every single person you meet is going to you know, have a characteristic about them that's going to remind you of yourself. What I'm saying is that there's something about every other person out here that is similar to you. So it's something that you can learn about yourself from other people. We are all mirrors for one another. So when I meet somebody in a dating aspect, when I meet somebody, I don't really focus too much on the age, you know. I didn't dated them from 16 to 60. I mean, literally, I didn't dated 60-year-olds and... They don't all got some shit with them. We all got some shit with all of us. And it's about what you finna put up with, you know. If I meet a person and they trigger me in a good way, I keep them around. If they trigger me in a bad way, I let them go. And then I'll focus on the trigger. I'm trying to understand why was I triggered by that person. And I go from there. So, yeah. Um, the ones that stay around a little longer than 21 days... They got a little more to offer than just mirroring my trauma to me. I'll say that.
Three of the most important things I learned throughout this part of my journey is that you have to be willing to lose a relationship to fix it. You can only fix yourself and acceptance goes a lot further than forcing potential. I also had to come to the realization that even if I put in that work to become a better person, I still may not be everyone's cup of tea. And I'm not what everyone wants, whether I think I am or not. And that is okay. What matters is that I want to be with me. Would you want to be with yourself right now? If not, stop looking for love right now and go become someone you want to be with. That's what I've been taking some time to do. And it feels good. Life feels really good. And I don't desire commitment. And that's not an issue for me. You know, some people call it commitment issues. And I would say that for a while. Like, y'all got commitment issues. But no, it's not an issue for me. I just rather not commit. And I'm well aware that there's some strong opinions about single people giving relationship advice. But if I can respect the fact that you done gained some knowledge about being in a relationship by being in a relationship, then you can respect the fact that I've learned a thing or two based on the fact that I've dealt with several different types of personalities in different types of relationship settings for the last 10 years. You feel me? So when it comes to this, I'm going to say what I mean. Okay? In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at swimthepodcast. You can also find me on Facebook at swim, that's the at symbol, S-W-Y-M. Any other links you'll need will be in the description box. Until next time, family, peace.